Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to Secret Friends Unite. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from beautiful Savage, Minnesota. It's house hunting season, folks. It's we're getting into the basketball season. It's very exciting. Um, all of a sudden, I, I do have to laugh though because one of the classic alternative rock stations on XM is doing March Sadness rather than March Madness. Love all, it. all songs by The Cure. Uh, I'll bet. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. And, and Morrissey, right? Right. Absolutely. Also joined by Charlie Carden. What's up? Uh, are we skipping the weather chat? You already yes, said it was we are. March Madness. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, Todd is living. Todd has moved into a molehole of some kind. It's very dark where he is uh, because he's moving and his house is tore apart. So, uh, but yeah, no things are good. Beautiful Sunday, um, and always ready to rock it on out. So yeah, let's do it. Yeah, and we are very, very fortunate to be graced by a new secret friend this week. Um, someone that I actually worked with, oh, about seven years yeah. ago, uh, yeah. where I currently work at a certain food-making general. Um, and we're pleasantly surprised to have Patrick, Global Marketing Director for Star Wars and Indiana Jones at Hasbro. And Indiana Jones is the part that I think is really exciting because Absolutely. that's been on tap for so many years. So, Patrick, thank you for joining Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's uh, fun to be here. It's good to see you again, Todd, after so many years. It's crazy. It's like the people you know on LinkedIn, you never know. Like, oh, Patrick's at Hasbro? I'm doing yeah. podcast. This is perfect. <laughs> so yeah, uh, this is going to be a ton of fun. We're going to yeah. hear more about the toy industry in general, nothing really specific. So Patrick can kind of answer questions, give us some feedback, some stories potentially that are, they're funny, some anecdotes. And then, um, but before we do that, Patrick, we always ask for people's geek origins, just let you know where your background lies and what your love of geek stems from. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, fun to talk about. So it was certainly as a kid, like, you know, had, you know, the toys that we all do, right? Like I, I distinctly remember obviously work on Star Wars now. I remember my, my first Star Wars toy that I can remember at least uh, was a weak way figure uh, that I played with uh, all the time. Uh, I was more just based on kind of when I was born. I, I missed New Hope uh, when it was out in theaters, but was kind of, you know, right in that ripe age of four to five to six uh, for Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, so played with those toys. I remember back then uh, you had to kind of wait for uh, movies to be on the TV whenever they were going to be on. Uh, so I remember for whatever reason, New Hope was on very rarely, and it was always a treat when it was. Uh, but then basically in my childhood, kind of really through through books, uh, through publishing is really kind of where I, I found my, my inner geek, I guess. So I read uh, a lot of the Star Wars uh, Expanded Universe, True Sepakura, Courtship of Princess Leia, Heir to the Empire. Uh, you mentioned Indiana Jones as well. I... I that's awesome. Yeah, I I think I, I think I could go toe to toe with anyone on like Indiana Jones biography history. I loved uh, in the early 90s, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I don't know if either of you watched it, uh, but I credit it. My God, yes. There we go. I didn't. It's a, it's, a, it's a blind spot for me, so I probably should. It's I amazing. Yeah. I, will, I will mention this, Patrick. I have a, uh, this is no joke, and this must have been when I was right out of college so in the late 90s. I have a literal dot matrix printout of Indiana Jones's chronology timeline (laughs) from his birth date on July 4th, 1899. There we go. In Princeton, New Jersey. Jersey. You got it. So if I wanted to watch that show, who actually owns it? Is it on Disney Plus? 
You you have to get it, DVDs. It's for yeah. sale. It, it, it is for sale digitally yeah. because it's in my it's in my wish list on Vudu. Yeah. Yeah. I, Todd, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll make you a deal. I will buy it. Yeah. And we will watch a couple of them together. What do you think? That there sounds absolutely perfect. Yeah, because that's one it. of those things. That, it's probably a weird licensing thing. I assume because of the Fox yeah. and somebody probably like got yeah, certain right. publishing rights. It's a what? Yeah. So crazy. This, this, yeah. It was this great TV show back in the '90s. My my wife and I watched through it. Uh, you know, a year or two ago when we started, you know, thinking about Indiana Jones. Um, she she soldiered through it, um, which is a good metaphor because it's awesome. set. You know, part of it is set in World War One, but I love right. that there's Indiana Jones book. Uh, you know, in publishing, he's got a wife named Deirdre in the 1920s. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, from the UK, I think. I haven't read them in a long time, yep, but yep, read yep, those. Yep. Got into fantasy as well. Read, you know, Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, Ellie Modisette's Saga of Recluse. There's the, I think it's called the Sword of Truth series, uh, Legend of the Seeker TV show recently was based on it. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so a lot through books. Uh, and then it kind of evolved from there. So that's my origin story. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I mentioned because you, you picked up my Luke helmet behind me. Yep. I don't know if you see the Cobra Commander dome as well, but Very nice. I, I, I am or rather I was a pretty avid cosplayer. But my biggest ones, thanks to the 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 dome is uh, old man, Indiana Jones. There you go. Old, George, old man, George Han Paul. Solo. Yep. And uh, well, not quite that old. Not quite um, that. More like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. Oh, yeah. And uh, then uh, Captain Pike from Star Trek, which Star nice. Trek. I do our Star Trek podcast. I'm a huge Star Trek fan. So. Very cool. Um, so when someone else yep. puts out their Indiana Jones light, I'm all, ah. Absolutely. I just got, it was funny. My wife and I were packing away some of the old cosplays just yesterday and everything got a bin and now it's in the garage as well as being in the house. And I have a brand new, nice leather jacket to wear with my India that I've never that I've never worn out. So I've got to I'm glad that's in a separate bin so yep. I can yank it out and go do it at a hospital visit or something with charity cosplay. Yeah. Well Charlie he never wore a new jacket. You have to get that thing like but ran under a car that's just the thing because I bought it from one of these vendors that called it an Indiana Jones jacket. It has nice weathering. The one I had before it did not. It was junky. This one there is beautiful. Go. I will show you. I, you will see someday. I promise. <laughs> I need to get it. I need to get some better indie cosplay. All I have is this hat right here uh, that I keep by my desk. Um, it's not a great cosplay hat. I got it actually in Jordan at uh, Petra, which is, the, of course, the site of the yes. uh, Temple of the Crescent Moon. Mm. Uh, so they were selling them as these cheap souvenirs. Somewhere on my computer, I don't know if it'll ever see the light of day publicly, but there's a video of me pretending to gallop up uh, to the <laughs> kingdom of uh, the uh, Temple of the Crescent Moon, right. you know, firing off all these indie quotes. So I need to get oh, a better cosplay outfit. I love it. That's my awesome. son was uh, indie for Halloween this last year, so he's Ooh. way ahead of me. Yep. Very Good nice. Well, yeah. though, though, I, I will find a way to share those pictures when we're, what, by hook or by hook. <laughs> there you go. It's so funny because we work together, uh, Patrick, yep. at, uh, you know, at the company. And I never knew this so about you, yeah. Exactly. It's so <laughs> funny because, you know, typically a lot of people often were scared to show geeky side on their desks yeah. and things like that. Now yep. it's more common and Absolutely. it creates kind of like some common shared experience. You know, yeah. I mm -hmm. tell people I do a podcast now and they like, oh, yeah. really? I like that stuff. So it's very cool. And we've had people mm -hmm. on actually from General Mills yeah. uh, or sorry, just should I say my company? I'll say my company. I've had people on before. We had one of the R&D folks who was a big geek. Yeah, we've, so, been, we've been doing this show for you know going on eight years. I, I think people probably <laughs> people have figured it out to some regard. Probably. But uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, but, uh, but uh, yeah. At any rate, um, yeah, I'll do this. I'll, I'll move us down. I'll move us down the field post a little bit. There you go. Um, our cover this week 
<clears throat> and again, we're on episode 368, if that didn't get mentioned. Uh, Todd, you are really do a really great job plucking from The Avengers, which is a, a very controversial run that you and, and KDQ, our other regular host, uh, talked me out of reading because I was like, I'm going to power through because I read this back in the early 90s. This is issue 368, which uh, you didn't drop a date on it, but I'm going to say it's from 1993. Uh, where they had a very pointless crossover with the X-Men. So you get uh, you get Professor X in his pod people chair, uh, super blue furry beast, and you got it, leather jackets on not only Crystal, who was married to Quicksilver, but you've also got scruffy-faced Black Knight with his lightsaber. Delightful. What a terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible run. Thank you for talking me out of reading it. Uh, the, the Reckoning had to do, I, I, you know what? I, I actually did read this one maybe six months ago. Still no idea. It, it, is, it is that insignificant that I don't know the story. That's my so, Patrick, when you look at this, when you look at yeah. this cover, anything stand out to you? So it's interesting. So I kind of shared my origin story. You, I'm sure you noticed no comic books in there. I never got into comics. My older brother is... He's got boxes and boxes of them. He's a big Star Wars toy fan as well. Uh, when he found out I was coming to Hasbro, he uh, his jaw dropped. But yeah, so I I can't speak intelligently on this. Obviously, I do love the lightsaber there. Uh, you know, love seeing that across media. My wife and I watched Free Guy uh, a couple months ago and loved the without giving any way any spoilers. Loved kind of the ending of that. Uh, but what I will say is uh, we did just also watch through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, a couple months ago. Uh, just kind of, you know, soup to nuts uh, to catch all the little Easter eggs. So, um, so yeah, do love the Avengers. Love seeing it. Yeah, the guy on the right, uh, that's the yeah. Black Knight, who is Kit Harrington. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, the laser yeah. sword's a weird one because that was a late edition. It should it should be like a, uh, what was it, the Black the black what's the, the, name? Ebony, the ebony blade the ebony, the ebony blade. blade yeah there which basically it's, it's it, it, i guess it feeds off of like the life force of the user so that's yeah, why it, you hear it in eternals so yeah. if you watch eternals right. that's yeah, what that that's going right. for. Yep. And also, it, it was it was cursed if he killed somebody with it he became wrapped yeah. in an ebony cocoon or whatever and so yeah. yeah he had this lightsaber for a little while i don't know why i don't know when it went away it's just all very 90s that's awesome yep. i do know that yeah. character a little bit um we went uh to we go to conventions obviously san diego comic-con uh, right. star wars celebration we started going uh internationally a few years ago our first one at London Comic Con, my buddy on the Marvel team. That was uh, one of the reveals, obviously because of the significance in the UK. So, nice, right, right. recognize him a little bit. Totally awesome. Good deal. All Very right. Cool. Well, with that, uh, Todd uh, and Patrick, it is time for us to move on uh, down to the somewhat skeevy neighborhood down in Hollywood and find to connect with our senior citizen, our favorite news correspondent. That would be Madam Webb. With her rumors and news, so let's go. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Madam Webb, don't worry. Patrick is here. Um, I don't. I don't think he's taking resumes at this point. I don't <laughs> think Patrick has has room for a ninety three year old intern at Hasbro. Oh so just yeah, calm your jets. Maybe in the future. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I would say the, the insuring her alone would probably be the big holdback. <laughs> yes, uh, I believe, Patrick, tough. your number is 555-555-5555. Right. All the way to Yeah, exactly. Direct line, Madam Webb, give it a call. There we go. <laughs> uh, excellent. Well, the we, this week, Madam Webb brings us some uh, five news stories. Some are going to be interesting. Some are going to be a little weird. The first one 
is a delight to me, but may have no interest to anyone else. And that is the fact that uh, Rob Zombie, of all people, is bringing back the Munsters. He is going to be doing a pilot and he is a huge Munsters fan. He loves it to pieces. He's been on Howard Stern. They, they talked about this. And the fact that he's getting to do it has been a dream of his. Obviously, what Z- Rob Zombie has done has been some you know iconic, like that 90s Dragula m- music, plus some really horrific and gross horror Big films. time. We saw one of them. Yeah. Was it the, 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 the House of a Thousand Corpse Waxes? Mm. I mean, it's just, he, we watched one of them, and it was like, I've got friends who like, I've got – a very good friend of mine, she's an actress uh, on the side and does haunted houses every haunted house season. And that is just, that is the Bible to those people, that guy's stuff. They just absolutely love it. But I'm just like, that's just not for me. But who didn't love the Munsters? You had, you know, Fred, Fred Gwynn. What was the other big show he was in? Uh, it was, uh, he was in Pet Cemetery. He was killed in that. He was in Pet Cemetery, And then he was the judge in um, My Cousin Vinny. That's Vinny. what I can think That's of. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. And Car 50, yeah. was it Car 54? He was in like an old sitcom back in the day. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is coming back. It's reimagining, but it's going to be lighter fare. The monsters were never like dark and dreary. They're always, right. it was essentially like the honeymooners, but they were monsters. <laughs> like the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goofy, not like the Adams family. The Adams family was always a little very dark. Better. So, right. this is coming back. And the cool part about this is the cast looks pretty good, but the mm-hmm. my favorite part of the casting is they are bringing in cassandra peterson aka elvira ageless woman ageless she's just one of my favorite icons uh you know we have throughout time i mean she's wonderful um i just love her and just her sense of humor and her agelessness and just she she is just fantastic well she's going to be cast in this but she's being cast in like an exact opposite she's basically going to be put as almost like a she's going to be a real estate agent so Mm -hmm. she's going to be a spot on square something like it's like a like a, a twist on reality where the monsters are the weirdos and she is not so um i love this casting and i hope it does i'm really curious to see where this is going to be shown and i hope it's good because it could be horrible they did do a monsters reimagining in like late 2010 well maybe it's early 2010s somewhere around there it was only got a pilot um and it had eddie izzard as grandpa munster had um jerry o'connell as uh, Herman, but it was more of a like it was like a straight take. It wasn't trying to do them oddly. Like, but but um, Grandpa Munster was more like a mad scientist, and he mm-hmm. brought back Jerry O'Connell back to life. So he kind of was a Frankenstein monster, but he didn't have the big head or anything. So, oh, gotcha. No yeah, idea. That was really good. It's, out. it's out yeah. there. I think it's on ABC. <laughs> you could probably catch it. It, it. But it was. I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, so this will be. You know, we haven't seen much from Elvira and regards on the stream since uh, 2014. She did a special in 2021. She's been a host on things, but uh, I will be very excited for this if it actually happens. Yeah, that Munsters that you mentioned with Jerry had way over my head. I, I don't. And you said that was Network. That was an ABC. Yeah, they released the pilot, and that was it, which was an oh, odd it was move. Oh, pilot, because, okay. That's yeah, weird. like it was called Mockingbird Lane is what it was called. So that that reminds reminds me of another show i feel like maybe jerry o'connell was it wasn't it my secret identity it was yeah. like yes. one one wow. or two yeah. episodes and then absolutely whacked just like wow this wasn't even good enough to yeah. to, to to be like two episodes in one week and they're like nope yeah. <laughs> and now you know in the in this environment that we live in with streaming platforms whatever it is you know different Fine, stuff can see different yeah. life because they're not so dependent on advertisers going 
and saying, yeah, I mean, it's not the end all be all, even though we talked even in our last episode about Netflix and other services moving to uh, a ad supported platform because they want those ad dollars because they're still they're still so those sweet, sweet ad dollars. You're still so juicy. They still want to, what can I say? Oh, so great. Another platform that I have to worry about having ads on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll take this next one, obviously, since it is this is all me. So we did get uh, pictures this week of, and it's funny, we uh, we recorded uh, Code 47 a couple of days ago. It'll be out uh, the Monday of the week that you're listening to this. But Katie, so Katie and I kind of split this one up and down. But uh, we have now our third or rather fourth incarnation of an actor playing james c kirk who was the second anybody todd it's Ooh, a nugget. i don't know it's a nugget no the final episode of the original series uh there was a a, a spurned lover of captain kirk that stole his body and, her, his, and they they rather they switch personalities her his personality went into his personality went into her body therefore making her james t kirk that's so weird. So it was like it was like one of those bad sitcoms where they swap. Yeah, that's it was, right. and it was, and it was the unintentional last episode of the series because it was can- it was ca- canceled for the f- third season in a row, and then it was it was gone. But anyway, actor Paul Wesley, shut up, Wesley, uh, who was most famous for the Vampire Diaries, has been caught in Toronto, where Star Trek: Strange New Worlds films. We're getting the first season at the end of May. Uh, season two is filming, which means anything that is coming, uh, being filmed here, we're going to see obviously next year as a Starfleet officer. Now we know the series uh, is set prior to the time that he takes the center seat well of the Enterprise. Uh, and it's also been confirmed in season two that Anson Mount is continuing to star as Captain Pike. So what might lead one to believe that uh, James Kirk here, who's uh, in this photograph, is very oddly wearing an Enterprise Delta Chevron, which he wouldn't have unless he was the captain. Back in those days, every every Starfleet ship had a different symbol. So that, except for Discovery came along and screwed that up, but we don't need to talk about that. And the stripes on his wrist show that he is a captain. So... Not a great way to explain that away. How long was he a captain? I mean, was was he? A, I mean, he's pretty young. I mean, was he a captain he, like really he, young? He is pretty young. Not like it was in the JJ movies where he was a captain at like seventeen or whatever the hell it was. He 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 rose through the ranks pretty quickly. Uh, I believe it's established that he commanded a smaller vessel uh, prior to coming to the Enterprise. But you know, potentially what this sets up is how he comes to become the captain of the Enterprise, which we really don't know. Mm-hmm. And his uh, his you know prime universe meeting of Spock for the first time has also never been documented. So this could lead to all this. My gut feeling tells me that this will be a recurring role or potentially a cameo, but hopefully not the focus of what the main thrust of the season might be, although it has been kind of defined as Strange New Worlds will mirror more of a you know planet of the week disaster of the week uh kind of take which the other shows are not doing right now so it's good to have that change but um i don't see the need myself personally of having kirk take over the show when i i mean i already and where the show is really supposed to be about you know pike spock and number one so hopefully that part of it is going to be consistent but this should be interesting. I think he fits the part. Not extremely familiar with his work, but again, he's you know he's got the look. Dare I might say even more so than Chris Pine. Sorry, Chris Pine. I like you, but you were just never really Kirk to me. I'm sorry. This dude gives me a better vibe. That's just that's where I'm coming from. I just hope he's got some rad kung fu skills. Oh, Kirk Fu! Everybody was yes. Kirk Fu fighting. 
I know. Very dated song. I'm sorry. Patrick, uh, any any interest in Star Trek? Is that something that's in your periphery? A, a little bit. So I've seen kind of all the movies. Um, I, I was going to ask. I didn't want to betray my non-Star Trek cred, but uh, since you flipped it to me, uh, is the show in the original timeline or is it in yes. the alternate timeline? Okay. Yes. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, which is a show that's been just wrapped up its fourth season, spent yeah. its first sent, spent its first two seasons taking place about seven eight years before the original series. Okay. The second season of that introduced the Enterprise pre Kirk with Captain wow. Pike played by Anson Mount and a young Lieutenant Spock played by Ethan Peck, mm-hmm. who was the foster brother of the main character of. of Star Trek Discovery, Michael Burnham or Sonequa Martin-Green. At the end of that season, Discovery departed for parts unknown, leaving behind all the characters from, you know, uh, from the Enterprise uh, in that time frame. And then it was announced that they were going to have their own show, which is going to come on here in a couple of months. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I've I've enjoyed the movies. It's not kind of my focus like Star Wars, but Mm -hmm. uh, I will check out the show and see what it's all about. Awesome. Cool. Yep. So, yeah. The good so news is the, new, the the good news is now you don't have to worry about the cheesy old special effects, so yes. bad acting, and stuff like that. You can kind of jump on and get the yeah. feel what they wanted, but in a very modern sense. So, yeah. Discovery. I, I'm I'm less of a Trek fan than Charlie is, but I, yeah. I still like. I watched enough to make me dangerous, and <laughs> I really liked what they've done with all of the new shows yeah. and picking up shows that have existed and adding to them yeah. in modern filmmaking and modern storytelling so um if you've been interested um there's a lot of interesting ways and especially there's a show that your kids might be interested it's called prodigy it's on nickelodeon and it's a very cool unique look for kids it's it's really well animated and it's a lot of fun and it's on paramount plus or nickelodeon depending on where you get your stuff interesting is that star trek's first foray into animated kids entertainment it's 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 third uh there was a star trek animated series in the 1970s, that's what kind of oh, kept wow. things alive when Star Trek became popular in syndication. This was the way they brought it back. Lasted a season and a half, which obviously meant it wasn't very popular. Uh, about two years ago, a satirical Rick and Morty style, because it was produced by Mike McMahon, the guy who created Rick and Morty, called Star Trek Lower Decks, came out. Uh, it just it completed its second season with the third season about to drop this summer. Yeah. Very satirical and fun. We're actually talking about it. Not for kids. Uh, again, yeah, not for kids. We're talking about it again. Uh, on our next episode of Code 47 with my partner, Katie. Her idea was to go through it because in reviewing it the first time around, I had kind of a negative slant because it's a little raunchy, unfortunately. This is uh, Star Trek's first take squarely aimed at kids. Um, And and I enjoyed it very much. That show did two quarter seasons, if that makes sense, earlier Mm -hmm. this year. And they're coming back for another at least quarter or half season, full half season later this year. So yeah. they they split stuff up so that frankly there's there's always something on, but they yep. keep changing it up, which I think is very cool. Yeah, very it's equivalent cool. to a Rebels or Clone Wars that style right. that's True. for all ages, but definitely it, it's giving an introduction to Star Wars Star Trek that a lot of yeah. people have never had, which is yeah. I think a that's great awesome. move to get younger viewers into Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah, we got into it again, my brothers and I, uh, when we were younger with Next Generation, obviously. There was, yes. you know, I'm sure there were a few years when I was young where I wasn't even aware there was a show uh, from the uh, couple decades past. So uh, big, you know, Picard, uh, right. Worf, that whole crew. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> Riker is my guy you can't see, but uh, a photograph of Jonathan Frakes, my wife and myself right nice. there and hoping Thanks. to uh, actually see him again in a con later this year. So we shall see. That's awesome. Yeah. Remember so- we- 
we did also get into gargoyles. I don't know if you watched gargoyles. Oh, gargoyles. Right. I, we thought I, it was like I the just, next generation, like alumni. Right. They just all went over there. You're right. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Marina Cirrus, I think, Sir as well. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's crazy. And Michael Dorn is in it too. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's that's a group of actors that in the last you know, 35 years has just stayed very closely knit. And so they do oh, do cool. a lot of projects together, yeah. for, you know, for, kind of for that reason. So that's awesome. Anyway. Yeah. All right. I was going to say, and Patrick on that gargoyles now Hasbro, you know, please get the license. But, um, they did bring yeah. out a recent line of figures from another competitor. I don't want to, I mean, but it is fantastic. The line is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. So I picked up yeah. one of those. Somehow I got a second one. I don't know how that yeah. happened. So, uh, you know, if you live next door to me, I would say, here you go. But you're far away. It would probably get damaged. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very cool. And that is all on Disney Plus I, now, yeah. I believe, as well. I got to go rewatch it. I remember. I think that was like the only animated show from my youth that was so intricate. It had to have like yes. a previously on. Oh, I'd yeah. It had an ongoing storyline. All yeah. the like yeah, Shakespeare cool. stuff and like yep. they were traveling through time. It's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Next All story. Right. We are kicking it off with a trailer for Miss Marvel has launched. This is the next uh, big show that's going to be launching on Disney Plus following Moon Knight. This is coming out in June. Uh, we got our first look at this, and this is doing some unique things. So Miss Marvel is a character that was introduced in 2013, uh, a Muslim teen who was an inhuman, had an inhuman gene, the Terrigen Mists, transformed her, gave her ability to be stretchy, they call it embiggening, so she gets mm-hmm, big, she mm-hmm. stretches, kind of like Mr. Fantastic, um, and she essentially has become a member of a junior team called the Champions. Um, it's kind of like that next generation of Marvel heroes along with Miles Morales, and a few others along the way. Kate Bishop is one of those. Well, this show is coming out, um, and because of that, they are taking some turns based on the trailer. She will no longer be an inhuman. Uh, she, her abilities are now coming from a set of bands, which some people have said maybe are the, uh, I believe, what is it, the Nega bands, which would power uh, Quasar. Yes, um, yeah, I was going to say Quasar. Yeah. Good catch. Exactly. It's another cosmic character, which I think links her to Captain Marvel and some other yep. things. And it gives her the power of a similar to Green Lantern, like creating like, um, uh, you know, basically constructs like right. big, big fists, like, adding things so she can walk on the ground, do things like that. So it's changing up the character, but not really changing her true story, which is about her being a teen, idolizing heroes and finally becoming one. And this when I look at this trailer, it truly feels like the first young Marvel show versus right. for like it's it's focused on adults, which right. I really like because even though we've with Spider Man, we got you know a young hero. Essentially, he was just cast in the world of adults and right. we got very little with him. So this is more of that 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 kind of story. So I'm excited about this, especially the way they're playing with some of the uh, mechanics of like. Uh, it almost feels like an ABC, uh, what is it, family show, where there's some things they play around with, like mechanics, make it, they play with the medium a little bit more. Um, right. But I have been pleasantly surprised with what I saw. Some people are not unhappy because of some of the changes, but I think it's cool. So, so Patrick, what did you think of the trailer? I think it looked awesome. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, you mentioned this up front, like, I think it's great that they're expanding the universe and kind of having the show that's more geared towards a younger audience. I also do like, I feel passionately and I think it's great kind of the, the inclusion that we're seeing in uh, Marvel, other properties. Like it's great that kind of young girls can see this, uh, this role model that they can live up to and see themselves in it. Um, I mentioned earlier, my wife and I watched through the whole Marvel cinematic universe, including the shows. 
have loved the Disney Plus show so far. Thought Loki was Loki was amazing. My favorite WandaVision next. Um, so yeah, eager to see Moon Knight and then this one and and see him keep going. Does your do your kids watch some of these? I know you have younger kids, but I mean, are they able to watch these? Or are they too young? Yeah, they're about there's two under three. Um, oh, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they they love Sesame Street. Uh, they've gotten into Daniel Tiger. I'm excited to get them into uh, Spidey and his amazing friends and, and oh, maybe yeah. this uh, Star Trek show. Um, yeah, but totally. Yeah, the the one year old especially, her attention span is pretty short. So uh, we're we're <laughs> them in. Good. Have they seen Have they seen the Muppet episode, Muppet Show episode with Star Wars, with Mark Hamill? The Muppets or the Muppet Babies? No, the Muppet Show. So the regular Muppet Show episode. Yeah. I don't remember that one. I do remember okay. Muppet Babies though. I'll have to check that out. It's it's fantastic. Mark Hamill's on it. It's like 1978. It's your kids would love it because it's just goofy. They show up on Pigs in Space. Yeah. That's it's awesome. fantastic, yeah. But yeah, I remember the Muppet Babies one too, where they did the Star Wars one. We we are reading some of the little golden books. They have these little oh, golden sure. books. Uh, there's like an I am a Jedi, I am a droid, and then there's the saga. I did have to vet them out though, because I am I'm trying to preserve uh, the the reveal at the end of Episode Five, so that when they see right. it for the first time. So I, I paged through, and basically we're able to read the Phantom Menace, uh, Attack of the Clones, and A New Hope. Because those are the only ones that don't. Uh, so it's all messed it up. Really started. Yeah. So my son thinks that that's the entire world of Star Wars. His mind's going to be blown someday, and it's going to be awesome. Nice, nice, very cool. Fairly, Miss Marvel. Um, any thoughts? Um, I, I I agree with you. It's it's nice that, like you said, kind of with Prodigy, um, to turn the lens to something in this case that's very specifically geared towards an intended teenage audience, and that's a, a way to grow. Like, like I need to tell you guys, brand loyalty. It's a way to create brand loyalty because you have to, you know, I don't want to use Philip Morris as an example. Start them young. But, uh, I mean, you understand where they're coming from, you know. It's, you know, all, all, all branding in, in one way or the other. I've worked in marketing, too, for a long time as well. is habitual. It's about getting someone in a pattern of doing something like, oh, I like, you know, I'm seeing this thing, this Marvel thing speaks to me, yada, yada, yada. Now, this, now I'm older. Now this next thing clicks with me and so on and so forth. Um, the same way that, you know, that Star Trek is doing it now so i like it i'll watch it i'm sure i won't engage with it i watched the what was it the freeform show or that was it cloak and dagger and the uh what was the other one todd the uh the runaways i watched yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i watched those two um cloak and dagger was a tough watch it was it was pretty gritty it was it Um, was a wb cw type show with yeah exactly yeah so yeah, it was like Archie or you know one of those shows. As, yeah. As, as, yeah. Um, but th- this seems like you know, and again, the MCU is that that's the that's that's the real Marvel. Rather, would it be what is it, if you watch the uh, what was it the PG cut of Deadpool, Deadpool two, where you had uh, Fred Savage retelling the story to Deadpool? Yes. He said, "And you were in a Marvel movie. It's like you're in a Mar- It's like you're in Marvel, but it sucks." You know, that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what these feel. So they're kind of like well, what some of the some of those other shows felt like. So this is awesome. I, I'm fired up for this. And did we get a date? This is late summer. It's fall? June 3rd, I believe. June oh 3rd. boy, okay. Yeah, so it's right uh, after Moon Knight. Well, yeah, there's a gap between Moon Knight and this, but still, once again, it's kind of balancing that the Moon Knight is definitely not for kids. To this, right. is a little bit more all ages. And the cool part about this too, I mean, think it doesn't can't be underscored. Marvel's got such a legacy now that it's like you don't want to have to tell someone, oh, just watch 33 films. Right. No, we 
this is like getting a character from start that's not really engaged with everything else. So it's not like you have to have a ton of foreknowledge to enjoy it. This might be somebody's first Marvel show and they could be so excited because the other Marvel stuff didn't appeal to them because, but now it's like, it's a young teenage girl. I'm a young teenage girl or I'm a teen kid or I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing myself represented. You said on screen, I'm a Muslim person. I'm 55 years old. And I would have loved this as a kid. So it's like all of these things are good to, once again, introduce people to see a cool genre. And it may be the only thing they love about Marvel, but that's good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure enough. I like it. Well, great. Right. June 3rd it is. All right. What do we got? Oh, the, the, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, a couple, like, almost like a couple decades late. But yeah, Charlie, we talked about the Super Bowl where Mike Myers came back as Dr. Evil, basically doing the uh, Austin Powers thing. And we thought, is that going to be kind of like a just a teaser to see if Austin Powers could truly come back? And surprisingly enough, it was just to get Mike Myers back on the screen, people remembering him, to make a new Marvel series, which I thought was interesting. Um, I, I didn't realize this was not a was movie, but it's a six-episode series. It's called The Pentaveret. And long, for those long, of you, long movie, long movie, yeah, yeah long movie in six parts. Uh, for those of you who go back to the beginning of Mike Myers' career post SNL, um, so I married an axe murderer. Ah, was his first movie appearance and he talked about his dad who was an old scottish guy we played oh, that's right talked about, talked about the pentavrit you know they're a group yeah. of people who are you know trying to steal the, <laughs> the, the the largest landowners in the world the king the the, the queen blah, blah blah yeah it was that was when he was still on snl that was like the colonel his, with his weedy yeah. eyes yeah oh, <laughs> i want your chicken oh my you god know, living in the meadows you know and right. essentially that's what this is. It's a series about apparently this group of people, this pentavert, who have tried to save the world in secret throughout time. And this is going to be very fun because the, the cast is is pretty interesting. Um, we've we've got. Um, I'm trying to look at the cast listed uh, you somewhere. Got, you got, uh, yeah, Keegan Michael Key, uh, oh, Lyd- uh, Lydia West, and Debbie Mazar. I recognize her name because she's been mm-hmm. around forever. Um, but yeah, Keegan Michael Key, I, I enjoy his. Oh, Jeremy Ken, Irons is the narrator. Uh, Kim, oh, Ken, uh, Ken Young, Richard McCabe. Let me see the other. Jennifer Jennifer Saunders. Saunders. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but, but, but that, that, that's about. Well, let's see here. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, and Jeremy Irons, you got it. and as the narrator, great voice. Yeah, this should this should be a hoot. Again, uh, Mike Myers' career has famously been in the toilet since. What was it? The Love Guru. The Love the mid, Guru. The yeah. mid two thousands. Good. Lo- yeah, just direct directly down the tubes. Um, but I'm sure he's not starving. So nice to see him come back in something that is a creative endeavor where he tries to, you know, Doctor Doolittle slash. Uh, uh, what the hell am I? The absent-minded professor. What the uh, the nutty professor? He's trying to nutty yeah, professor. Yeah, the Eddie Murphy style of being eight characters. He's going to be six. Right. Mike Myers will be six characters in this, but hopefully it's done well. It's long form. Okay. Typically, Austin Powers movies are two hours long, so it's like you get enough and you move yeah. on. Six right. episodes of this might be a little too far apart, but I don't know. I right. mean, I'm looking for some something funny and. Mike Myers, right. I always loved him, and hopefully he's coming back in a, in a new way. But um, Patrick, I mean, what do you think of this? Yeah, I, I should watch. I should, you know, uh, I'm, I'm getting all of my geek news here. Um, I hadn't heard about this. This sounds awesome. Loved Mike Myers back in the day as well. I can't believe it's been what 25 years since Austin Powers, wasn't it? Oh, 97. Yeah, yeah like sure that. Was. 
that makes me feel old like nothing else does. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Big fan. Love his work. This sounds like an awesome uh, combination. Great cast. Love Keegan Michael Keys. Um, love, it in every, love him in everything he does. So I'll definitely check it out. Sweet. Yeah, this is yeah, going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Love, so, and we, and we, do we have a date on this one or is it floating? Uh, good question. They've got the trailer out. Should be early. Oh, let's see. Oh, it's so hard to find like the important information. Here. Uh, May, May 5, um, May 5. May 5th. So wow. uh, like, you know, about less than two months away. So check it out. And, you know, yeah. they're trying to earn our Netflix uh, increase. Yeah. Right. Us. Exactly. Earn it. Make it work. Yes. Good deal. Excellent. Well, that's about the size of that. So now it's time for me uh, to get on the app, get us an Uber. We're going down Skugtown. That's right. I'm talking about our favorite geek establishment with the dankest corners, the most liquored down beer, and the grossest pretzels in all of the universe. That'd be the Geek Easy. So let's go. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Obviously, I'm actually sitting in Moe's Tavern. Yeah. So did you guys get the memo that's where we're going? Bo's Cavern? <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, sounds great. Yes. So, uh, Patrick, what have you been, any, anything that's exciting that you've been reading or watching? Yeah, so, uh, you know, not a ton of time to read, but watching for sure. I mentioned uh, in the upfront I loved reading The Wheel of Time when I grew up, and so uh, wife and I just finished watching through the the Amazon Prime Wheel of Time show. I don't know if you guys checked that out, but I watched the first episode. How I mean, it, it got kind of a mixed <laughs> yeah, review. Yeah. First what, what did you okay. think of it? I thought it picked up. Um, it's definitely like everything. There's definitely changes from the books, but when you've got, uh, I think it was like 14 books long, right? Each of them about a thousand pages. Like you're going to have to make some changes, but. Uh, I thought it was great, uh, you know, mostly new cast, uh, Rosamund Pike, obviously, as Moraine. Uh, so, yeah, enjoyed it. And just, yeah, I mean, that was my favorite series growing up, favorite fantasy series. I mentioned some of the others, but that was like the the one I loved the most. So had always dreamed of seeing, you know, a movie series or more likely a TV show about that. Uh, Legend of the Seeker obviously came like 10, 15 years ago based on the sort of truth, really like that. But, yeah, it was great seeing it on screen, great seeing the characters and uh, excited to see where it goes. I think I read that season two is going to combine elements of uh, the, I think it's The Great Hunt is the second book, and then The Dragon Reborn is the third book. Uh, so, yeah, eager to see when that comes out. I think I read it's going to be later this year after their Lord of the Rings show. I think they're going to try to counter-program them. So, yeah, I would recommend it. Got it. And I know Brendan Sanderson picked up that series, I believe, right? When Robert he Jordan did, passed, yeah. right? Robert Jordan passed, but fortunately he had left very detailed notes. So, yeah, basically uh, Brandon was able to complete it uh, from the plot uh, that Robert Jordan had outlined, but obviously filling his own text. Uh, and it was pretty good. Maybe they should get him to finish uh, the uh, Game of Thrones. I was just, yeah. just going to say, fortunately, the books were finished uh, before the television yes. show. So there's not going to be any, I think it was seasons uh, six on. Six and a half, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lack of source I, material kind of creates some gaps. Yeah. I've actually said like 2019 was a fascinating year because it saw the end of, you know, that phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the end of the Skywalker saga, the end of Game of Thrones. Like it was just this weird year that saw the end of like these three pop culture franchises and some went well and some didn't. And then we got 2020. <laughs> I know, right? Then it all went downhill in a big way. So exactly. Yeah. Would recommend that. Excellent. Anything else? 
Um, obviously watching all, you know, we watched Book of Boba Fett, uh, ended about a month ago. Uh, loved that. Uh, it was very interesting show. Very cool. Uh, but obviously loved kind of fleshing out the story of Boba Fett. Uh, learned a little more about Mandalorian and Grogu and, you know, we'll see where they go. Uh, so I've watched all those Disney plus shows. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Very, very cool. Well, I just finished watching. I started last night, had to turn it off cause I'm, you know, it's getting late at night. The Kingsman. It's on HBO Max, and I believe it's also on Hulu right now. So um, this is a series that I've really enjoyed. Matthew Vaughn, it's his baby. Matthew Vaughn has done a lot of cool movies. He's a very cool, visually interesting director. I really love when he manages fights or different things. And um, this is essentially, he did the, the first two Kingsman's movies. Then he decided to do an origin story about how this group actually began. Um, different, a hundred percent different cast. You've got Ray Fiennes as essentially Lord Oxford or Duke. Uh, yeah, Lord Oxford of, of uh, he's a duke. Um, he essentially was a member of the British Army. Things changed and became a pacifist. His life changed, and essentially he has to get brought back in in the middle of world war one. And it's really interesting. You see how this, this group is formed. I really enjoy this a lot. It's kind of like half, like almost like a world war one movie. And then half is like a kind of goofy retelling of history through a spy agency. So there are definitely leaps of faith in playing with reality. Rasputin's in this. You get like this cabal that has all of these people playing with the strings of history and manipulating them in a really unique way that was really fun. It's R-rated, so definitely be be ready for that because there's some scenes with Rasputin, man. He's a, I, I love Rasputin this, though. He was hilarious. I mean, when his fighting, he essentially was doing like ballet fighting. Like the Balshoi, the Balshoi yeah, uh, uh, right, yeah. ballet, playing with it, and just he was a really cool character. But I really, really liked it. Ray Fiennes actually did a really great job as a as an action hero. Um, I, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. It's it's uh, like I said, it's kind of weirdly balanced because its tone leads you to one place and then it takes you another place. So ultimately, the, so the first half feels a little bit more stodgy. The second half, though, they're all in on the fun, the crazy action, the leaps of faith, the weird playing with history it's really enjoyable so i really like this some people didn't but i thought it was really really fun i enjoyed it i can't see what the wait to see what they do next i think there's going to be a third like current hist- history kingsman but what they do at the end there's a sp- there's a stinger at the end so just fast forward a couple minutes um and i think you'll enjoy it plus they did a really weird like they did like the james bond theme song thing which i thought was weird too because my son my, my, my son and i are like are they doing like a pop song, but now it's got rap? I mean, I thought they were going to do the, the James Bond like theme song thing, but they did something different. So I'll give them credit for trying, but um, it's that's not for everybody. But still a lot of fun if you enjoy kind of that goofy James Bond feel we haven't gotten because James Bond went serious. So I'd say check it out. Cool. Rock in with Doc in. Yeah, I've been wondering about that one myself. Um, but yeah, I a uh, cu- couple of quick hits for me. Uh, I did a show, a comic, and a movie, which is rare. <laughs> the comic part in particular. The um, trifecta. The trifecta. Wrapping up uh, Discovery Season 4, which I was mentioning a little while ago. Ty, where are you at with Discovery? Have you made it past the halfway mark? I haven't moved 
forward. Uh, my lack okay. of exercise, because I have no elliptical now, has kind of gotten in the way of me watching things uh, very dedicated. So plus, I've been really busy with moving. So nothing there. I I, I, I think I have like six episodes left. Uh, right. Is it good? Does it, does it land? Does it make the landing, Charlie? Does it does it make and or stick the landing? I never understood the expression "stick the landing." That's good, right? Plane, so yeah. Flying a plane, yeah. stick the landing. Yeah, yeah. Stick the plane. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I would say that. Uh, yes, they did both this season and last season. It, it, and again, we talked about extensively on code, which will be out when you're listening to this. Uh, my partner Katie made the great point that both seasons three and now season four gave you uh, a season finale that could be a series finale. Because it really ties up a bow, and th- and it really does, and, and I think that where has seasons one and season two not so much it left. Oh, it's cliffhanger. Seasons one's cliffhanger was a little lame, and then seasons two was really pivotal, and it it transitioned the series uh, into the now second half of it. Um, but yeah, the season uh, season four wrap up. Uh, where uh, our crew comes to face to face with the Ten C, which is the alien race that's driving the season. Todd, don't I, I don't know how much you know about them, seeing where you're at right now, but nothing at all. Um, we get uh, you know we no we get a very satisfactory conclusion. We also get a guest star that has absolutely sent the internet and has brought every crazy whack nut bigot jerk out of the woodwork. Uh, you, get, you get uh, you get politician Stacey Abrams as the president of the United Earth, which was it was it, it was spectacular. Um, Did they think it yes. was really her? Like she's they in thought, the future? Yes, exactly. They're like, Hi, I. It was it, you know you know who was the first person who tweeted about it? Ted Cruz tweeted about it being nasty. It just wow, just wow. Does he even watch Star Trek anyways? No, that's just the thing. And so you know, I've seen all the memes out there. Star Trek. Upsetting bigots since September eighth of nineteen sixty six. Star Trek has always been political. Deal with it. But anyway, it was it was it was a it was a good finale. Um, so Todd, when you catch up watching that in about three years, we can talk about it a little bit more in depth. Oh, oops, I spiked. Um, uh-huh. uh-huh. Ah, Second up, yes, I did read a comic, uh, which I do less than I should. I'm trying to work on that. But Todd, you and I. Um, have talked about these follow-on series that DC does. You know, there's Wonder Woman 78, which I know, or 70, 79, 78, I think. Uh, there's Superman 78, which I've read most of, and I started what I think is the final issue. But I read the first issue. I I, I, Todd, uh, I did a Tata comic on this one, Batman 1989, uh, which launches into, and it's a little fuzzy when it would take place uh, because the Bruce Wayne that you see in it, he's great. The temples, which Michael Keaton's Batman never really was, at least not. He kind of looks a lot more like Reed Richards than, than Michael Keaton in this, but you do have, uh, you do have a black Harvey Dent a la uh, Billy D. Williams from the first film who you never, but you know, he somehow became Tommy Lee Jones later on, not really commenting on that one. Um, uh, and Todd, you've read this as well. Cause you were the one who tipped me off. Yeah. I, I read it back in the, yeah, I, I love it. They, they nail the art. They, they nail yeah. the, the appearances of everyone. And it's, it's essentially what would have happened if we got more uh, right. content from the Batman, Tim yeah. Burton era, which we never got. Right. And so, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if this straddled the line of just being, you know, Batman 89 and then Batman. I think it's I think it's Batman. I think it's Batman post Batman Returns. Oh, very good. Okay, got it's in the 89 universe. Yeah, right. So this is Batman, you know, still in the early 90s. So you tack a couple of years on there, but it's not, you know, he doesn't become Val Kilmer. So anyway, I enjoyed it. um, And I'll definitely go on to read more of it. So I really I really dug that. Todd, did you read the whole series? 
No, I only read issue one, so I have more oh, to read. And well. uh, if it's caught up, I can read it on DC Universe Infinite. Correct. Probably so. Uh, and then lastly, we uh, and it's funny because we were talking about this we were driving to the movie theater. We have that premier VIP uh, subscription to the local theater chain, the Celebration Cinemas, which we've just not used. You know, I have a very busy new job. I'm traveling a lot. Um, and overall, it just doesn't seem like there's been a ton to see at the movie theaters. It's the first quarter of the year. Things can be kind of slow. I guess that makes sense. Um, but one movie which has this crazy staying power because I think, and I'd have to scroll back and look, I feel like this movie came out in December or maybe mid-January, would be uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's Licorice Pizza, which is uh, a semi-autobiographical turn uh, of the director's life, plus a friend of his who is the main character played by the son of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman, which April had to look up as we were driving home. Which It's, it's a dead ringer if you look at this kid. He really looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, but it also uh, starred uh, Alana Hain, uh, Haim, excuse me, and her two sisters, who are part of the L.A. rock group Haim. They Haim. Hit, yeah, they had a hit n- a number. Of, they, they, had, they had a song a number of years back. Um, funny, Paul, funny story about Haim, Charlie. I, I cannot stand watching Haim because the way the faces she makes yeah, yeah. when she performs, it's just like, ah, it's, well, it doesn't look natural. It's very well, weird. Well, the Haim is not a she, it's a they. They're three sisters. It's, it's a, you know, it's sisters, yes. but there's one of them. Yeah. I don't know if it's the yeah, guitarist the, or lead singer. The lead yeah. singer. Well, the, the, uh, the, the, I mean, all sisters were in the film. One of them, Alana, was the female lead. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, again, it was an autobiographical turn mm-hmm. of what life was like for Paul W.S. Thompson and his, or, uh, I just Thompson? remember his name. Anderson. Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson, I think, is the director's name. Now I'm losing it. Um, and his his buddy, who was essentially played by Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, um, and then the the Haynes sisters and kind of their, uh, their roundabout. Great film, a little over two hours, probably could have been trimmed by a third because they just kept getting into shenanigans like, now Ooh. we're doing this thing, and they moved on to the next one. Great cameo roles. Uh, God, singer John Waite. Had a cameo. Sean Penn Tom had a Wait. cameo. Yeah, Tom Waits. Where's he Tom. been? Oh, Tom Waits. I think. Not yeah, Tom John Jones. Wade. Not I'll Tom be missing Jones. you, John Waits. No, John Waits. Yeah. I'll be oh, missing yeah. you. I, thought, oh, John, I haven't served him in years. John Waits with an E. And then uh, Bradley Cooper had a fantastic role as uh, Hollywood producer uh, John Peters. It just absolutely. Oh, really? Case. Oh yeah, absolute friggin' nutcase. It was, it was, yeah, it was just. I, you know what? I would encourage you to see it, but it's a great way to see it at home when you can pause and take breaks because it is just, it, it just seems too. I, I was glancing at my watch from time to time, but Todd did not fall asleep. Congratulations, Charlie. Yeah, um, this this one came out in 2021 to get Oscar consideration. That's okay. why the movie is still in theaters because right. they want people to watch it to get right. buzz for the Oscars. Yeah. And Patrick, just to let you know, a, a running joke on the show is that I take a a 10 minute power nap in every movie that I see in the theater. <laughs> uh, I managed to do it during the Batman and still didn't miss a beat. <laughs> oh, interesting. I heard I haven't seen it yet. I heard good things about it now. It, 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 it's good. It's it's good. It's long, but it earns yeah. it. I would say yeah. kind of like kind of like I think Endgame earned being so long. You know, I oh, just yeah. but anyway. So yeah, so that's it for me. So yeah, first movie we've seen in a while. And we're talking about, yeah, we'll either uh suspend this suspend the movie. It's just hard to get to the movie. So we may dump it for a while, but it'll be back for the summer because I know we'll be going to see stuff. Very cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I, thanks, everyone, for your inputs. And please check out all the things we talked about. But next, we're going to go down to a land 
where the mutants reign, and that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we are blessed to have someone that knows a little something about the toy industry, something that we've all enjoyed. I own collectibles. Charlie's own collectibles. We all bought them as young kids. The market has changed to a mixture of like very simple toys to very ridiculously you know, high-end collector's things, which is fantastic. But with that... Um, and licenses and things like that, a lot has changed. So it's perfect to have Patrick on to talk about kind of like his experience in the toy industry. We, uh, you know, I come from a, a food, uh, you know, a consumer packaged goods company, as they call it, where we make food a little bit different than something where you deal with licenses, you go on store shelves, they sit there, um, all those things, you know, you've got to fight for, for space, shelf space and all those things, get marketing for them and everything. Um, and obviously the long lead to do something like this and all the, the hurdles is a really interesting aspect. And obviously there's a lot of people that they think they know how things go. And obviously they always add their two cents. Um, but it's really interesting to, you know, just hear kind of like more of the specifics. So Patrick, um, really quickly, um, First of all, how did you, how did you join Hasbro? I mean, did you just like say, Hey, I like your toys, please yeah. accept me. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Uh, it's funny to hear you talk about kind of the, you know, what it's like at a CPG company and the, the licensing aspect. Uh, my first kind of professional exposure to Hasbro was actually well at General Mills. Um, I worked, my first role there was in licensed fruit snacks. Um, so, you know, licensed and not licensed. So we had shark bites. Everyone knows shark bites uh, from their childhood. So that was right. one of my products, uh, but also managed our licensed products. So uh, you know, launched a Skylander skew, a Minion skew, but then we also had Transformers and My Little Pony. Um, and so when I was at General Mills, I worked with the licensing folks from Hasbro. Um, and so that was my first exposure to them and got to know them a little bit. And then now know them a little more uh, from working at Hasbro. But yeah, no, you know, love the toys growing up. Obviously, everyone knows the Hasbro brands. Um, and so got to a point uh, while I was at General Mills and it, it wasn't you at all, Todd. Um, you know, I, if, if I could figure out a way to keep working with you and at Hasbro, um, the logistics are, I'm sure, very fascinating, as you mentioned, the long lead times. Um, but no, got to, got to a point, uh, I had been out on the East Coast for a while uh, before I came to General Mills and really wanted to get back to the East Coast um, or one of the coasts. I went to uh, grad school out in California, so did a job search, uh, came down to, I was actually deciding between Hasbro and also Mattel out in uh, California. Uh, pretty sure I made the right choice. Uh, but yeah, no, it was funny. I was talking to them originally. They had posted, and I just wanted to get into the company. Uh, they had posted a role for uh, preschool gaming, which I'm sure would have been amazing. Um, it went to someone inside the company, uh, and they said, that role's gone, unfortunately. Would you have any interest in this brand called Star Wars? And I was like, <laughs> no. forget about the other role. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was, I mean, you know, I'm sure in my head, navigating my way over to, to Star Wars, uh, in the entire company, Star Wars is my, my favorite brand, obviously. Uh, that was in the back of my head, but the fact that it happened so quickly was amazing. Uh, and yeah, it was just a dream job. And it, it's funny, I've been at Hasbro for seven years, you know, Todd, as you know, at General Mills, uh, and marketing especially, you know, we rotate every year or two years or whatever. Uh, and so I never thought I'd stay on that long, but it's, you know, I found the best brand in the company and have been able to add Indiana Jones uh, recently. And so I know it's amazing. Um, 
yeah. So it's uh, never thought it would be seven years, but here we are, and uh, it's been great. So to build on that, I mean, everyone knows Star Wars, but Indiana Jones is a different beast in itself because essentially it's been out of people's views. There hasn't been as much side projects and things as, as like Star Wars where they keep it alive through different launches, you know, different th- marketing things. But with Indiana Jones, we are here, you know, the, the next movies we know is coming out. Uh, we know there's a video game coming out. But beyond that, I mean, obviously, you probably can't speak to much of what your plans yeah. are because they're not revealed. But I mean, was that a scenario where they're like, yeah, we want to, re- you know, bring this back to life and get in front of people to make sure people are familiar with the brand and build excitement around it? Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I can't say much. At, at this point, I think all we've revealed is uh, just the fact that there will be a partnership. I think that went out a couple months ago. But uh, I, I mean, it's definitely been on my radar. You know, as mentioned, we we have, you know, we, we have this relationship with Lucasfilm. Um, obviously, Star Wars is uh, an amazing brand from Lucasfilm, but they have more. And so it's always been in the back of my head. And we know that this movie's coming. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, when there was an opportunity for a partnership, uh, it just seemed like, a great fit and natural fit. And we worked through it and, you know, we're, we're excited to see uh, what that movie looks like. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing and excited to see the the line we bring out and, and what people think about it. I think one thing Charlie will probably advocate for, and I'm speaking for him, but I'm sure he'll say something about it. He, sure loves, Indiana, he loves Indiana Jones. And one of the things he's always wanted to get is uh, like kind of compendiums of the old Indiana Jones Marvel comics. Right, because right, I've so, got the old, old yellowed copy. I managed to get the whole series, but I grew up reading that from age six. It was one of my comics history is my first ever comic was uh, from the pharmacy in my hometown of Gross Point, Michigan was Star Wars number 60. Galroth never forgets. I have a framed copy in my house. Yeah. Is that the one where, I've never read it. I should get it and read it. Is that the one where Han Solo meets Indiana Jones, or do you have no, that? No, no, I, I, I'm aware of it, but that was from that was from the early 2000s. No, this no, was from the no. old Marvel run that ran okay. from 1977 to 1986. But it was yeah, as a young kid, wow. I picked it up, and I didn't pick up a superhero comic until I was 10. Wow. Uh, so between ages six and 10, I was I was Star Wars, indie, GI Joe. Yeah. And, and all those 80s brands, yeah, and, and really nothing from DC, and this was before I ever discovered Star Trek either. So, yeah, yeah. license license comic properties were, was my introduction to to comics in general. So, I, awesome. I I know and love and sometimes hate licensing <laughs> for that reason. <laughs> so, so a uh, favor to Charlie uh, Patrick, if you if you want to give them a hint, say, hey, hiss, you know, I, I know you, you know me. Can you get those comics back in with Marvel, please? Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'll put in a plug. Winker Rooney, Winker Rooney, you got it. Yeah. Well, plus, you, if you've probably never read of them either, so that would be an opportunity. I know to exactly. That's how, yeah. and it's interesting because uh, I, again, I mentioned I read a lot of the books. There was also a kids book series about Ooh. Indiana Jones. I there was a, there was a choose your own adventure series if that's what you're I, thinking of. No, there was that some, was phenomenal. There was a separate book series. I remember he meets Sala as like a young boy. He's in oh, wow. uh, Egypt. Yeah. It's, right. I remember thinking between that and the show, and then there's that like eight or nine book uh, series from like the mid 20s that basically brings you from college up until the 30s. Like most right. of his life is pretty well documented. Right. Um, yeah. What he had for lunch on, you know, Thursday, yeah. <laughs> January 9th of, you know, 1928. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's yeah. not many TV shows about a six-year-old boy. Um, and right. So, Todd, when you go through and watch the show, uh, 
you know, the, I definitely have a preference for the uh, the seventeen year old Indian World War One yeah. versus the six year old Indian. He's yeah. Sean, Sean Patrick Scott versus Leonard. that, like yeah. you know, the, the, basically the 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 kid with the bowl cut, the the yeah. mop head kid. Yeah, Corey Carrier, so Indiana yeah. Jones yeah. alone. We don't. I don't want yeah. that. No. Yeah, it's Jones, I mean, Jones it's, alone. Yeah, I mean, he's like six or seven. I, the conceit is that his father, yeah, obviously Dr. Henry Jones Sr., has gotten a lecturing tour around right. the world. And so, you know, that's where he and, and the purpose of the show was to kind of teach kids about history. So, it, right. again, it's I love it. There are points where it gets a little contrived because every episode he meets a new historical figure. But I may have mentioned this, like I was a history major in college and it was because of that show, like all of my research papers were on characters from that show, whether it was <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia or Albert right. Schweitzer or Charles de Gaulle or whatever. So uh, right. thank you, George Lucas, for my Todd, it was history. akin to that show uh, that one that kind of one and done one season of that show, Voyagers, from yes, the early okay. 80s, with yeah. uh, Mino Palouse, who was the brother of Punky Brewster, and uh, yes. John Eric Hexham, a guy who tragically uh, shot yes. himself in the head with a blank pistol and died on the set of his next show. Oh, but I loved that show, have watched it a bunch of times and I'm actually considering watching it again for a, a Patreon segment for our show a little bit later on this year because I would love to talk about it. But anyway. Well, well, you know, that's very exciting, Charlie. I'm sure Voyagers, the rights will come up for that and Hasbro will acquire them now that you mentioned yes, it. I so do. I need, I, I need a two-pack yeah, we'll, of the characters. I'll put we'll in see another plug. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously now Patrick has told you the secret. Have a degree in history. And that's then how you get this Somehow, job. Yeah. So there you go. That's what all you need. Um, so for, with that, uh, Patrick, just an idea of folks, you know, behind the scenes, like what's it like to, to, to develop a project? I know you and I worked on projects together, launching them. Less sexy uses making a biscuit or something like that. Very, very common things, you know, sure. but in regards to like a toy. So say I know a lot of the, the secrets are out there, so you can't reveal things early, but um, is that, is it, What's, what's the process? Does an idea come to you from the license holder or do you create all the ideas and then pitch them to the license holder? Is a little bit of a mixed bag? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, it's all of the above and kind of without getting into the details, obviously on the Hasbro side, like I'm, I'm marketing. So, you know, just like at General Mills, we, we kind of do the marketing. We also work with the entire team. Um, but really at Hasbro, the designers and the engineers are, you know, they are amazing partners. Uh, they're so creative and, and brilliant and insightful. And they, you know, I when I interviewed for the job, I was like, you know, I'm, I don't know, 70 or 80 percent on the fan scale. Like, you know, I know my stuff. I know kind of like I said, the publishing and the characters and had the toys when I was a kid. But I'm not like they're all the way there. They're 100 percent. They know everything. So they're great to work with. Um, obviously, Lucasfilm is amazing to work with. And so it really comes from both directions. So and I would say it's kind of split, whether it's a classic product or new entertainment. So something classic that we're doing, obviously, we've got, you know, Black Series Vintage Collection. Uh, a great idea is, I mentioned before we started taping, you know, HasLab, right? Uh, we did Jabba's Sail Barge a few Ooh. years ago, uh, the Razor Crest right over there. So Jabba's Sail Barge, for example, like that was an idea that my boss, uh, Joe at Hasbro had uh, because it was a classic property, right? It was a way to get that out. Uh, so we brought that to Lucasfilm. Um, they certainly have great ideas as well. Obviously, when it's related to new entertainment, like we sometimes know that, sometimes don't. Uh, so it's very collaborative. Uh, in terms of, you know, an idea, it uh, depends on whether it's, you know, it can be high level for a new segment, right? Like Black Series launched in 2013, like, and I wasn't around at that point. I think in 2013, I wasn't quite uh, on CNF yet uh, with you, Todd. I think at that point, I was still doing cookies in Pillsbury. So 
Uh, but yeah, I don't know what went into that. But basically kind of, you know, obviously a huge business for us now. That idea came from somewhere, got alignment, kind of developed it and moved on. It can be anywhere from a high level thing like that or HasLab to, you know, character suggestions for our existing lines, uh, which are a little more tactical, but no less important. So, so yeah, we get the ideas from one place to the other. Uh, we talk about them, align, uh, and then put them into process. And there's a whole development process. Our project managers are another great, amazing, uh, invaluable part of the team, and they kind of track all of that and keep us moving. Um, so with that, um, had, did much change when you know Disney acquired Star Wars? I mean, did you did you see like a different approach? Because I know. With Disney being such a huge entity, I yeah. mean, there's probably more layers there. But I mean, did that change anything? So I, I don't know. I mean, they acquired oh, okay. uh, Lucasfilm in 2012, and it's funny. I do remember it being at General Mills because I was on our licensed fruit snacks at the time. That's right. Uh, and our uh, inbound or upbound, I forget, but our licensing team at General Mills, inbound licensing. Uh, you know, they were super excited, and obviously, you know, smartly so. And so we were talking about that uh, when I was at General Mills. Uh, so I'm not sure. That being said, obviously, we work with folks at Disney as well. And, and you know, I, I say this all the time, like Disney, they're the best storytellers in the world. And like Lucasfilm, you know, brands like Star Wars and Indiana Jones, they're the best, in my opinion, best brands in the world. So uh, they're great to work with as well. So we work closely with both Disney and Lucasfilm. Wow, it's all, it's hard to believe it's been almost 10 years. I know, since right? That relationship, I almost forgot. I'm like, it just feels like yesterday. Yeah. But when you're 46 years old, everything feels like yeah. yesterday. Just five years <laughs> yeah, ago. Right. No, Dad was 25 years ago. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, very cool. Uh, you know, since since you've been involved, do you have like a favorite project you worked on? Good question. Um, I mean, certainly the barge. I'll, I'll say two. Uh, so the barge is an easy answer uh, just because it was so emotional and you know, like I mentioned, uh, I backed it. My barge is in the office. My razor crest is here. Um, it was, you know, it was it was emotional for a lot of different reasons, right? It was like a new platform for Hasbro, uh, the HasLab platform uh, that has since, you know, we've done a lot of things through that platform, which has been amazing. Uh, it was also just that item itself. Um, I remember it was 2018. Yeah, it was 2018 New York Toy Fair. Um, I remember I actually had jury duty a couple weeks prior and tried to get out of it because I was like, we have this huge thing launching and the judge is not sympathetic to uh, <laughs> you know $500 collectible toy. Uh, but I made my best effort. But yeah, it was this huge deal. It, was, it just meant so much uh, to the fan community. Like that was the, and we've obviously, we've done others, you know, we're going to do more in the future and we've talked about them. But that Java sail barge was like the, the, you know, I say the grail, obviously we have Indiana Jones coming, but it was like the grail that Star Wars vintage collection fans had wanted for so long. Um, and so we, we wanted it to happen both for us. I wanted my barge uh, for the platform, for the fan community. And I don't know if uh, either of you guys kind of followed that or, or whatnot, but it was very, yeah, very, very closely. And it was, it was hotly debated by Todd and I, I will tell you because <laughs> we were, I, we were like, I, is it going to make it? Is it going to make I it? Was, I don't think it's going to make it. I'm like, I, I was, bet yeah. you it'll make it. Yeah. I, yeah. I was not a believer and Todd was, and, and we followed HasLab very closely since yep. then. And that you guys have had some great victories and there were, were some that were not so much, but yep. that, that, that's that show business, right? You're going to yeah. Charlie always, that. Charlie always taunts me about the cookie monster one. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, that's an odd one. It was an odd yeah. one. I'm like, I mean, you know, and obviously it didn't get funded, but it's still it's yeah. interesting that going beyond Star Wars was an interesting yeah. period. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. The, the, the Rancor was one that was very hotly debated all across the community. Yeah. Uh, certainly a lot on this show. And and again, you, you that's business. You have to try. You have to try. 
You always yeah. have to try. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's it's going to fall flat. It, it happens. And you, you pick yourself up, dish yourself off, and, and on you go. So that's just yeah. that's just living, baby. That's the way yeah. it works. Absolutely. Yeah, I was on paternity leave with my first child when the Cookie Monster and I think the Unicron for Transformers, I think they both oh, wow. launched at the same time. Yeah. Oh, I was like, wow. all right, we'll see how those go. Uh, but, yeah, no, the barge, as you guys know, it was our first one, right? So we didn't have any sense of, like, what we should expect. We were all very excited on the first day. Like we did way more on the first day, again, you know, launching at New York Toy Fair than we thought we would, but then it kind of slowed down a little bit, which all campaigns do, but Mm -hmm. we just didn't know at the time. And so, you know, obviously we had some things in the works. We had some plans uh, to do things like the Yak Face. Uh, But yeah, I I remember when that, and it's funny, you watch the numbers, right? And like, as it gets closer to that goal, it starts speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. So I remember being in the office, I'm pretty sure it was on a Friday. Um, I I stayed late, uh, because we all did to kind of see how it would go. And yeah, when it when it funded, just, it was interesting. It was a singular moment, like the entire, like everywhere I could hear in the building, like kind of erupted with cheers and joy and getting goosebumps just thinking about it. But yeah, it was amazing. So very emotional journey. So that's one. And then I'll just quickly say the other one is uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Um, again, I mentioned loved Heir to the Empire. He's uh, one of the uh, villains in Heir to the Empire. Uh, comes into Star Wars Rebels. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we did a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. I think it was 2017 is when we I did remember. that one. Yeah. So I love that for several reasons. One, obviously, it's a great set. Uh, it's got Thrawn and kind of all of his artifacts. So I love that one. I have that in the office as well. Like I said, I've always loved Thrawn. The one thing I really loved about it is uh, there's, and I guess I can say this about Indy, there is a there's a holy grail in it uh, because it's an Easter egg. I'm sure you guys know this in Rebels that one of his artifacts is, you know, it's an Easter egg. It's the holy grail from Last Crusade. So I remember seeing that concept board with the designer being like, that looks a lot like the holy grail. He's like, fun fact, it is. Uh, so I like that one for a lot of different didn't reasons. Didn't that also show up? in the Han Solo film, and maybe I'm thinking of the Checha Point Idol instead, mm-hmm. in Paul Bettany's character, it's his little menagerie. You know what I'm know. talking about? Yeah. There was, yeah. It, it was one of those two. It would be like, because he had a smattering of art, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, a, a, Dryden Boss was the name of the character. Yeah, he, yeah. Was the, he was the the big time mob boss that employed yep. uh, Kira and, and you know Han Solo and Woody Harrelson's character. Wrong yep. He had a lot of those little things scattered around. One of them was either the Golden Idol, the Chacha Point uh, Fertility Idol from yeah, like, yeah. Rings of the Lost Ark, or it was the Holy Grail. I feel like it was yes. it was the Fertility Idol. But I think yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. I love the yeah the the Easter egg and don't get Todd yeah. started. Todd hates fan service. Uh, but for the rest <laughs> of us who enjoy it, yeah, it's it's, it's it's fun to see it. Yeah, so that was well, that one's one. fun though. That one's kind of like a crossword, just kind of fun. Yeah, it's just exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. It, it existed in the, he got it in that world of the comic sure. where Han Solo right. met Indiana Jones. Got the Grail, brought it back. Somehow, Thrawn got it. It all ties together. Awesome. I, I love crossovers. That's that's yeah. really really cool. And 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 it's funny because I know Patrick, you don't represent the Transformers side of the company, but I am a huge Transformers fan. So awesome. I truly appreciate all the weird crossovers they are doing yeah. currently with yeah. like all the classic vehicles. With that, I even got the the really dumb one, but I still think it's great of Dracula. Like he turns to a vampire back. Yeah. Makes no sense at all. Is a robot really going to suck someone's blood? Maybe it's like he probably sucks oil or gas out of them. I, know, I, want, I want to suck yeah. your oil. What? But, oh my but I love those. But I love those. But you yeah. know, and 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 another question I have is because of where you work and how you work and the, who you work with. Um, any brushes with fame or or like uh, people you might have worked with because of the licenses? 
Well, if my boss is listening, certainly interacting with him on a daily basis. No. Ah! Uh, <laughs> Ouch! Get no, the boots out. Get the boots out. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, a few different things. It, I think actually it's funny not to go back to General Mills again. My biggest brush with fame, I think, was actually at General Mills. Again, I mentioned I was on that licensed business. I got to fly out uh, to L.A. Uh, for the opening of the, I think it was the Despicable Me 2 movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So a friend and I walked the yellow carpet. I uh, got to see Steve Carell have our photos taken with Pharrell. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was pretty cool. Uh, who else? Uh, Ken Young, you mentioned. Uh, he was out there as well, so have those pictures somewhere. But yeah, no, a lot of similar things at Hasbro. So I got to interview a couple years ago for PulseCon, uh, Ashley Eckstein and Dee oh, Bradley wow. Baker, who oh, are voices. For, yeah, uh, that was amazing and so nice. Uh, it just, it was interesting. So that was in 2020. Clone Wars Season 7 had wrapped in 2020, but obviously the pandemic hit. So one of the things they mentioned is that their whole press tour had been essentially canceled because of COVID. So this was one of their first opportunities to talk about the show and kind of share their thoughts on how it ended. So that was a really special opportunity. Um, There may be more in the future. COVID has shut a lot of it down. And as mentioned, I've been on the team seven years, have kind of progressed. My uh, then boss, you know, uh, when they were shooting movies, used to fly out to the sets, uh, meet J.J. Abrams, the directors, uh, Theoretically, I'd be doing some of that uh, if it weren't for COVID, but I, I look forward to when COVID's over and that can come into play again. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, and um, it's been kind of quiet in the Star Wars front. So in regards to new things coming, we've got a big one coming. So yep. I would be amiss to say, um, are you excited about Obi-Wan? <laughs> I, I think either way, I would have to say yes. But no, I mean, the answer is... <laughs> Absolutely, yes. I'm sure you guys saw the trailer drop. I think it was two weeks ago, one or two weeks ago. I thought it looked amazing. Like, we, as I mentioned, you know, and we say this publicly, like, we know about some things in advance. We don't know about others. This is an area where we've known about uh, some of those things in advance, which is great. Um, And so just just seeing the trailer uh, and seeing that all come to life uh, has been amazing. Um, And so, yeah, no, May 25th, I think it is, uh, when it drops. So. Uh, definitely going to be ready. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Is May that, the 25th be with you. Oh, wait. That is, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the 45th anniversary of the release of uh, A New Hope. New Hope. I think so, yeah. Very well timed. So uh, going back to, obviously, uh, that that planet should be good. Right. Todd's favorite Star Wars planet. Don't get him started. <laughs> <laughs> we, yes. we, we visited there a few times. It's uh, it, it, we? It's literally been beaten like a rug yeah. against a Tatooine sand. Yeah, I forget. It's, it's, I should know the exact quote of like, it's, you know, if there's a center to the universe, it's the planet's furthest from that. But if you were an outsider watching the Star Wars trilogy, you would think Tatooine was like is the, the center. center of the you universe. Are, that, that, it is the arrow you are here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you lost something? It's probably on Tatooine. It is. Look look for the sand. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And May the 4th is coming up. We've got, you know, Cyrus celebrations. So I'm assuming you will probably be a very, very busy man in the next couple of months. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always busy, but you're right. May the 4th is always fun. Uh, Star Wars celebration. You know, we'll see kind of what presents we have there. But yeah, with Kenobi or Obi-Wan coming up and then uh, it's going to be a great year beyond that. So, yeah, it's. It's been good. You mentioned it's been quiet. Obviously, uh, Book of Boba Fett just ended about a month ago, uh, but a month seems like an eternity. Uh, But yeah, lots of good things coming down. 
Which is wild when we used to wait two, three years for, you know, the next saga film. But now it's, it's a like, different world. You're like, where Disney Plus, give me something now, damn it. Yep. I know. <laughs> yeah, we've gone from, th- I think, three years every time, right? 77, yes. 80, 83, and then yep, 99, yep, yep, yep. 2002, 2005. Ten years, and then a movie every year. But you're right. Yeah, a month feels like an eternity now in this right. new world. So I wouldn't yes, trade indeed. it for anything. No doubt. No very, doubt. very cool. Charlie, any last questions? No, my goodness. Yeah, Patrick, I um, I, I admire um, what I am sure is your wherewithal in the face of what can be a very somewhat toxic community when it comes to Star Wars figure collectors. Um, I, I, I will admit, I and getting to know you, I think you're a spectacular guy. I, I think you. You, you, you really get the short shrift because wow. you, you're, you're, you're a representative of a brand, you're an employee, and people make it sound like you're the one out there who's ruining their childhood because of this thing and that thing and the stupid figure and i just i um and it's funny todd has always said todd has always fought the fight for you not that i was ever attacking you but i was like i'm like they're really ripping this guy up and i'm like he's just a guy doing a job and getting to know you and 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 you know finding out that you're a fellow indie file oh yeah I dig it. So I just, I admire what you do. Uh, it sucks to be in, on the brunt of a community. I mean, the Star Trek community has plenty of jerks too, as I've already talked about in this episode. But uh, yeah, the, the Star Wars people, uh, it, it can be a mixed bag. So I admire your fortitude. And I, I've really enjoyed talking to you. And thank Absolutely. you so much. For, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for Eagle Eyes already picking out yep. some of the stuff in my menagerie. <laughs> I certainly would consider a few other helmets too because hel- yeah. helmets are a fun collectible. I do also have a, a Black Series um, Heritage uh, blue lightsaber as well that I've used with one of my cosplays. So awesome. we were just we were just rearranging some of our cosplay stuff yesterday, but that one stayed out. I love those. I love that one. Nice. That's my baby. Yeah. No, you're you're too kind. It's been I've enjoyed this as well. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world, right? Like and and the majority of the fans out there are are amazing, wonderful. They're all passionate. And we wouldn't trade that for anything. I will say again, you know, hopefully at some point in the future, we're able to return to conventions. I love going to conventions like Star Wars fans are the nicest people out there when you meet them, uh, when you meet them in person. So it's it's great. It's great chatting with people at those conventions, getting to know their stories, getting to know their passions, learning a little more about what they want. So, uh, yeah, it is. I I think getting back uh, as a whole world, getting back to being in person eventually will be. I think just amazing for all of us. So it it it, it is two years of pent up frustration and desire. Yeah. Even working because you know I I've, I I work, I work toy shows and we also do exhibiting as as part of the Star Trek fan club that my wife and I uh, run. Uh, we exhibit statewide and just the pent up demand to to be out there and just to talk yeah. and, and to enjoy and share fandom. It's it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, people just people just really want. They want to be free. They they want to be free again. They want to be free again to enjoy yeah. their stuff. So it's um it's great even at my level to just be a part of it. So I enjoy going to my first first big Star Trek convention in Chicago yeah. in a couple of weeks here, That's which awesome. is a return to that. So that should be pretty spectacular. So it's a it's a good time. Life is returning, and I, I dig it. Can't wait. Yeah, it's 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 wonderful, Patrick. Obviously, you're you're flexing different muscles. You know, social media with this type of thing is far different than what it was with General Mills. But you know, obviously, I think that's an it's an exciting place to be where you're at, and and I think this has been really fun reconnecting. Uh, loving hearing the stories is is phenomenal, and obviously, with that, we will say thank you. And before we leave, we always say if anyone wants to share their where they can be reached, um, is there anything you would like to share or where people can check out Star Wars projects that you're working on? 
Yeah, no, Hasbro Pulse is the is the place to check out. So that is Hasbro's. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is the the source of all information, uh, product, uh, exclusive product. So uh, if folks are interested in learning more, that's where they should go. For that discount code, it's Patrick. Hasbro <laughs> Pulse. Yeah. Patrick Hashtag promised me a discount. Yeah, exactly. Patrick's yeah. promise. Exactly. Well, Pat, Patrick's promise. Exactly. A little different thing there. The Patrick promise. Very yep. good. Yes, absolutely. Oh Yes. So, Charlie, with that, uh, take us out. And away we go, friends. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. You can find me over on the Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. As mentioned, uh, the wife and I also run the Michigan chapter of the International Star Trek Fan Club, USS Grand Petoskey. Find us online and at all those various socials. I also try to run our Secret Friends Unite Facebook community when I can, but you'll also find us over on Twitter at Secret Friends U, uh, talking about geek stuff and plug, plug, plugging away and having a good time. That's me. Excellent. You can find me at T Oxtra if you want a video game. I'm Spartion1998 on PSN and on Xbox and Nintendo Switch. I'm Spartion98. Uh, always having a good time. And join us at secretfriendsunite.com for all the stuff there, including all of our podcasts and also our YouTube content. Fiddly dee, fiddly do. Friends, as always, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. <laughs> May the 25th be with you. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.